Good morning, New Covenant Fellowship. Praise the Lord. God is good. Before we get into the Word of God this morning, as we continue our series on the armor of God, just want to open up in prayer, giving thanks to the Lord our God. Heavenly Father, you are a good, good Father. We thank you so much, Lord, that you are with us. We thank you so much, Father God, that you love us. We thank you so much, Father God, that you gave your only begotten son for us. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And Father, we thank you that you are faithful and that you are true. We can trust you. We can rely on you even in the most daunting of circumstances. Father God, we know that you alone are God. We know that you are on the throne. And we know you are the author and finisher of our faith. So, Father God, we are full of faith this morning. For you are well able to protect us. You're well able to defend us. You are well able, Father God, to be our healer, for that is what you are. Our healer, our protector, our defender, our life. So, Father, as we get into the word of God, speak to our hearts this morning and bless us with your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you who have heard the last three weeks of this message, uh, I believe you would agree with me that it's been a real blessing to delve into the armor of God. And before we get into the third piece of the armor of God this morning, I think it's necessary to reintroduce a couple of important truths from previous weeks to provide proper context as we continue through this armor of God series. Now, in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, Paul exhorts us to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, notice that Paul did not tell us to be strong in our attitudes or opinions. Instead, he told us to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And in verse 11, Paul begins the process of showing us what being strong in the Lord looks like. And he uses the concept of military armor to reveal this truth. He tells us to put on the whole armor of God, which means it is our responsibility to put it on, to put on every piece of God's armor each day. He then tells us why. He says, so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the schemes of the devil and the demonic forces who carry out the devil's schemes. Those next few verses tell us. Therefore, we are to take up the whole armor of God so that we may be able to withstand the devil's non-stop military campaign. Then in week two, we address the putting on on the belt of truth. As followers of Christ, we must believe that all scripture is inspired by God and that the word of God is truth. I'm going to say that again. As followers of Christ, we must believe that all Scripture is inspired by God and that the Word of God is, all caps, truth. We cannot be double-minded about this. And we must stand on the Word of truth and live according to it. Not only must we believe the Word of God, 
is the all scriptures inspired by God and that the word of God is truth. We must stand on the word of truth and live according to it. So not only must we believe it, we must be doers of it. And we, this, this third part of the belt of truth, I have to emphasize, truthfulness must also be a character trait of followers of Christ. That is how we put on the belt of truth. We resolve in our hearts that God's word is truth. Whatever circumstances may be saying, whatever my emotions may be saying, whatever wild thoughts may be trying to enter my mind that the enemy may be planting in there, whatever those things say, what I will resolve in my heart, what I will resolve in my mind that if they're contrary to the word of God, what they're saying to me is not truth. What my feelings and emotions are saying, if it's contrary to the word of God, it's not truth because God's word is truth. God's word of truth is what I will resolve to believe. I will not be double-minded. And I will exhibit the character trait of truthfulness as a representative of my God. For he is truth. His word is truth. His spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus is the living manifestation of the word of truth. He is truth. Therefore, as a follower of his, I will be truthful. And then we talked about putting on the breastplate of righteousness. What does that look like? Well, first of all, we have to know that righteousness has been imputed to us. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20 and 21 says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. It's been imputed to us in Christ. Uh, Romans 3, verses 21 to 25 says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. Praise the Lord. And then we went on. Although it's imputed to us that does not let us off the hook. Out of relationship with God, we should walk in the righteousness we have in Christ. And I would encourage every one of you, if you've missed the previous three messages, please go to the ncfok.org website and listen to the podcasts for each of those. And that brings us to today. The third piece of armor, which the feet, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Ephesians 6, verse 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now, as shoes for your feet. Now, we've already talked about the breastplate. We've already talked about the belt. Now we're going to spend a, a short amount of time this morning talking about the shoes. And, and the significance of that and, and, and what that represents. Now, what, now what purpose do shoes 
serve. Now, keep in mind, this, this all started off with putting on the whole armor of God so we might be able to stand in the evil day. If you're going to be able to stand against something, you're going to need to have firm footing. You're going to need to be able to have good traction on whatever surface you're standing on. If you don't have good footwear, if you don't have footwear that has soles that are appropriate for the surface you're standing on, guess what? You might slip. And one slip could cost you your life. One slip could cost you the battle. And so Paul instructs us that we have to have the right kind of footwear on. And he specifically states the footwear should be the gospel of peace. Maintain, in order to maintain the traction necessary to stand your ground, in order to maintain the traction despite changing and testing circumstances. You know, it would be nice if we'd be able to, uh, if we're in the middle of the battle and both sides could agree that, oh, to give each other time, that, hey, this footwear I have on, it was great for the smooth surface we started fighting on, but now that we're in the mud, now we need to take a break and change shoes. So that, you know, hey, time out. I need some time to change my shoes. You think the enemy would, would agree and cooperate with that? No way. Why would he give up his advantage <laughs> that he has over you? If we're not, it, th 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 there is a type of shoe, the gospel of the readiness, the, the readiness of the gospel of peace, it is all-terrain footwear. That it doesn't matter what, how the surfaces change. It doesn't matter what kind of surroundings we're in, if we are prepared and ready with the gospel of peace, we have the right footwear to be able to stand strong, stand firm, and forcefully advance in the truth of God, no matter what. The enemy has no chance against us. But we've got to make sure that we uphold our responsibility in putting that footwear on. I hope you're hearing me because the gospel of peace should be the firm footing on which we stand. Preparation of the gospel of peace. What does that involve? Again, we have to know what the word of God says. Uh, uh, we have to, it involves the belt of truth. We have to know what the truth is. We have to know one that we have peace with God. Luke 2 verses 13 and 14 says this, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And he was speaking of the birth of Jesus, that in Jesus represents peace with God. We have peace with God through Christ Jesus. When sin entered in, that peace we had with God was broken in the Garden of Eden, but it was restored with God through Christ. And so if you and I as followers of, of Christ, through Christ, if we believe in Christ, the one on the one whom God has sent as the propitiation for our sins, if we've surrendered to him and made him Lord and Savior of our lives, if we've acknowledged that truth and we have become followers of his, we have peace with God. And we have to know that. We have to be reminded of that. We have to keep ourselves in remembrance of that. And we have to let that encourage us and strengthen us. Uh, Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope 
of the glory of God. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And through Christ, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. You stand firm in the grace of God. By faith, we have access to the grace of God in which we stand. God's grace, God's divine enablement. Sometimes it gets misinterpreted as God's divine excuse for, for our sins. But that's the, I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. All right? God's grace enables us to walk holy. He enables us to walk in truth. He enables us to stand strong and represent him even in the face of heavy opposition. Even in contrast to what societal, society finds acceptable. And we may face a little heat as a result, but he gives us grace to stand in the face of it, stand in the midst of it. Even if there's a virus that comes along that invokes fear in everybody, he gives us grace to stand in faith and to stand strong in the knowledge that our God is greater than that virus. That we have nothing to fear. And Ephesians 2 verse 17 says, And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. So we have peace with God. And we have to keep ourselves always prepared and ready and uh, always prepared for battle. All, we're always prepared to stand strong if we're reminded of the fact that, that, that we have covenant with Almighty God. That we have peace with him. That we have relationship with him. And it's not just us that are facing whatever circumstances we're confronted with. It's not just our meager strength. It's not just our meager ability. But we can stand in the strength of God. For he is with us. We are not alone in our battles. We are not alone in our struggles. Because we have peace with him, we have God in us and with us. And we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Amen? And there's also the peace of God. Philippians 4 and this is often, it's a scripture that I quote often. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Say this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And I want to encourage you, children of God. I want to encourage you and remind you the Lord is at hand. I'm going to start that again. Rejoice in the Lord always, even in the midst of our current circumstances in this country. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. There is no excuse for us not to be reasonable in these hectic circumstances. There are those without hope in this world, but we have hope. Christ Jesus, our hope is in him. Our hope is in the Lord. And so we have the ability because we know the truth. We read the truth. We study the truth. We believe the truth. We know the truth. We have an intimate relationship with truth. And the knowledge of that truth should enable us to be reasonable when everybody else is freaking out, right? So we ought to be able to be reasonable. So let your reasonable, reasonableness be known to everyone. Let it be manifest. Why? Because we know the truth. And that truth is that the Lord is at hand. 
It, it, it may not appear that way when you're looking at the news. It may not appear that way in the midst of all the warnings and, 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 and all the fear that's being spread and all the anxiety that we're going through and that we're tempted to. The enemy wants you fearful. The enemy wants you anxious. The enemy wants you in doubt, fear, and unbelief. But I want to remind you that despite of all, despite all appearances, the Lord is at hand. Think about that. The Lord is right here in the situation with us. He's at hand. Draw near to him. Draw near to him through his word. Draw near to him through prayer. Draw near to him in reminding yourself of the goodness of God, how he's come through for you in circumstances throughout your past. Situations where you thought that there was no way that those things could be resolved in your favor. And somehow, some way, God's power manifested to your favor and he worked that situation out for your good. That God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. That same God is right here, right now. He's present. He's at hand in our current circumstance. And he's faithful. We can trust him. If we but humble ourselves and rely on his strength, we can stand in his strength. Paul said, Paul said that my, that Paul said that God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. You know what? You may have health situations and hurt and health circumstances and, and so forth. You know, and, and, and I, and I, and I pray, especially in the current circumstances, yeah, I pray that you stay well and, 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 and healthy and, and unaffected by this coronavirus and, 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 and any other uh, illnesses and situations that are present in this day and time. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you and remind you that even in your weakness, you have strength. Your body may be weak and your body may be more vulnerable than others to the threat of disease and illness and, 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 and whatever else you may be confronted with. And if all you had to rely on was your strength, you'd be in trouble. But thanks be to God Almighty that it's not your strength that carries you. It's not your strength that upholds you. As a matter of fact, your weakness, your inability, your body's inability to stand up against these things, you know, that... That's not the end of, of the situation. That, 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 that's not the end of your resources. <laughs> All right? Where you end, the resource of God begins. And even you, in your feebleness, even you, in, in, in the fact that you're even more vulnerable than, than, than the rest of us, even you can stand strong in the Lord for he is strong enough he is more than strong enough to uphold you are you hearing that I hope that is an encouragement to you this morning the Lord is at hand Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God. Say the peace of God. And the peace of God, which surpasses 
all understanding. It doesn't even make sense at times. The situations we're able to have peace in. And the world won't understand it. Because the world can only have peace if they have control over their circumstances. If things are predictable. If things are in their favor. Logically, they would have peace about things. But once things happen that would rattle you, the unpredictable happens. Adversity hits. That peace is gone. And yet you and I as believers, you and I as followers of Christ, those of us who are wearing our belt of truth, we know the truth, we embrace the truth, we live the truth, we walk the truth, we're intimately familiar with it. We have the ability to have the peace of God rest on us despite adversity, despite troublesome circumstances. And that is something that ought to be appealing. It ought to be a draw to those in the world who are living in darkness, who are impacted in a deep way by changing circumstances. When circumstances are good, all is good. When circumstances is bad, woe is me. Suicide rates go up. Uh, uh, people are stressed and, 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 and worried and, and uh, psychiatrists are getting all kinds of clientele and making a whole bunch of money and so forth because people are seeking ways to manufacture peace in their lives. We don't have to do that. Praise God. Because the Prince of Peace is in our hearts. The Prince of Peace gives us peace. Before Jesus left, he said, my peace I give to you. Not, a, not that kind of peace that the world gives. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he gives us a peace from heaven. He gives us a divine peace that rests on us that you're looking at it from the natural eyes. It does not compute. It surpasses all understanding. You and I should have the peace of God resting on us even in this current situation that we find ourselves in. I don't know about you, but I have the peace of God resting on me. I am not fearful. I am not afraid. Come what will, come what may, I put my trust in the Lord. And I encourage you to do the same. And if we would do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And in Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I'll repeat that. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And I'm reading these scriptures out of the ESV translation. And let this be an exhortation to you, church. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Not, not, not your feelings, not, not your emotions, okay? Not fear of, of, of what this thing may develop into, all right? Let's, let, let's not bring tomorrow's fears into today. So for sufficient for the day, it's God's provision for us, all right? He's given us provision sufficient for the day. So let's walk this thing out day by day, day by day by day. Today, God is with us right now. Today, God's peace is upon us. Today, God has given us provision for the day. Let us appropriate that provision and walk in it. Walk in obedience to what God is speaking to us. I would encourage you, avert your eyes away from, you, you want to keep yourself informed. Keep yourself informed. Keep yourself, keep the updates and so forth. But, 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 but avert your eyes away from the message of doubt, fear, and unbelief. You know, 
find a way to take in the facts and know what we're dealing with from a practical standpoint. But then let's acknowledge the greater truth, the greater reality in heaven. All right? And, and let's avert our eyes away from the intended outcome of Satan's schemes. His intended outcome is to make us run and shriek and hide in fear. That's, his, that's the intended outcome of his scheme, to use this thing to affect his means, to affect a certain outcome in us, to, to, to destroy our ability to be effective witnesses in the light of this thing. But you know what? God can also use this thing for our good. And if we're not cowering in fear, if we're not worried, if we're not pointing the finger of blame at one another and judging one another and so forth and worried about what our motives and, and intentions are, but instead we're focused on what is God speaking to me? I'm seeking you, Heavenly Father. What would you have me do in the face of these circumstances? I am your humble servant, Lord. And I humble myself before you, Lord. Is there someone you would have me visit? Is there somewhere you would have me go? Is there some need you would have me help to provide for? What can I do, Father God, in the midst of these current circumstances that will bring glory to your name and will be a blessing to someone. How can I love other members of the, uh, of the New Covenant Fellowship family in this time? Who should I reach out to? Highlight a fellow church member who might need encouragement in this time. Give me a word of encouragement and exhortation for that person that they know that it was you who sent me because they could not, I could not have otherwise known what was on their hearts and what they were struggling with unless you gave me that revelation. And it will uplift them, encourage them to know that God is hearing them. God is seeing them. God is working on behalf of them. I want to be able to uplift and encourage those in this situation. I'm not going to allow the devil to manipulate me into not putting on my shoes, the, the gospel of peace shoes. I'm going to put them on. I'm going to lace them tight. And I'm going to stand strong. No matter what type of surface I'm doing battle on, these shoes are the best shoes to give me the most firm standing and footing so that I can stand strong against the devil's schemes. His schemes won't work on me. I hope that's a declaration to you. His schemes will not work on me because my gospel of peace shoes are firmly on, laced up tight, and I am standing strong on God's truth, on the righteousness I have in Christ Jesus, and I'm ready and prepared. The gospel of peace. And let the peace of Christ, let it rule. Not negative emotions, not negative thoughts, not negative feelings, not the words from your favorite news source, but let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Keep those shoes on. Put them on if they're not on and keep them on. To which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Second, Second Thessalonians Chapter 3, verse 16 reads, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. 
The Lord be with you all. I will read that again, church. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. That would include this time, would it not? At all times, in every way, in every way you need peace. The Lord be with you all. I want to encourage you with that. Now let's go to Acts 10. And as I begin to wind down today's message. Starting at the 34th verse. Just a tiny bit of backstory. This is after uh, Peter uh, was given a dream by God. It had all kinds of unclean animals and everything that he saw. And, and in the dream, the, the, the moral of it, the message of it, was that what was considered unclean is clean if God declares it to be, <laughs> right? And so... And so here it is, Peter is addressing Gentiles, which were the uncircumcised, the unclean. They were not looked at as people God favored, and the, and the salvation of God was not considered to be something that was available to them. And yet God has already given this revelation to Peter, and he's about to reveal this truth to the rest of the people of Israel. And so, starting in the 34th verse, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. Remember, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Now, while Peter was still saying these things. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Now, Peter is, he's preaching. And he preaches about the good news of peace through Christ Jesus, of peace with God through Christ Jesus. 
And he's making them aware that this peace with God through, through Christ Jesus is not only for the Jews, but it's also for the Gentiles. And you know what? When he preached that truth, that peace with God, God confirmed it by the Holy Spirit falling on the Gentiles. They could not deny it. Otherwise, it would have just been Peter preaching words, and they could have taken issue with that. And, you know, and, and so I disagree. I think you're, you're, you're being blasphemous. I think you're teaching heresy. But once God confirmed it, when the Spirit of God fell on them, there was no more debate. The peace of God, peace with God through Jesus was available for all. And I want to encourage you, Church of God, there are people out there in fear. There are people out there who are on their way to hell who are burdened and weighed down with sins and regret and believe that peace with God is not something that's available to them. And they need a Peter. They need a Peter to show up in their lives and be willing to proclaim the gospel of peace, that peace with God is attainable even for them. Though they be currently in their sin, though they be uh, fearful, and, and though they have not up to this point glorified God, they've had plenty of opportunities, some of them, to receive the good news and to receive and surrender to Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they have rejected it. And they have chosen instead to live the life in the flesh, to live the life according to their own wills. You know what? God still loves those people, and he's looking for us to be Peter's in their lives, to be able to come to them in the midst of this when their hearts are probably the softest, when their hearts are probably the most open, that he can have his sons and daughters activated, suited up, armored up. We're ready. We're looking. We're looking for opportunities to show forth the glory of God, to looking for opportunities to speak a word of truth into the lives of these people who don't know him, who are walking in darkness, who are in bondage to the lies and deception that, that, that the anointed cherub that covereth, Lucifer, Satan, the devil, keeps bombarding them with, hoping to keep them in bondage to darkness all the way to hell. And you know what? We're, whether we're congregating on Sundays or not, those people are out there. Those people are worried and scared. Those people have no idea what to do, what tomorrow brings. They have no hope for the future, and they have no hope in eternity. Imagine that. And here we are, children of God, possessors of the light of truth, possessors of the eternal life, that we have through Christ Jesus. We have a message of hope. A message of peace with God. That, you, that they can have a relationship with the God of our salvation. And they can be filled with the Spirit of God. They can come into the revelation. Of eternal life. What is eternal life? We may know God. So I encourage you, church, in the midst of this, let's go before God in prayer. Not just to unburden ourselves and unleash what it is we want God to do for us. You know, I'm not going to say don't do that because that's an important part of prayer, you know, 
We, we cast our care at his feet because he cares for us. God wants us to trust him. And we can make known. He knows our needs already, but he wants us to come to him in prayer. But, but not only to unburden ourselves and our needs of our needs before him, but he also wants us to be to incline our ears to him. That our prayers to be, Father God, would you uh, would you speak to me? Father, I don't know how I could be used in this situation, but I know that I am a vessel of honor. I know that I am a vessel that can be used by you. Father God, whatever way you would use me, Father God, I say yes. I say yes. And Father God, I ask that you would just speak to me and let me know who it is you would have me encounter, who it is you would have me to meet. Or where it is I should go. Where it is I should roam. And maybe there's a chance encounter that you would cross, make my path cross with someone. Maybe a stranger. I don't know. And whatever you put on my heart to say, I will say in obedience to that person. Whatever you put on my heart to do, I will do. I will plant whatever seed you want me to plant. Or I will water whatever seed has been planted by someone else. If that's what you want me to do. I will do an act of kindness and speak a word of encouragement and bless them in the Lord. Whatever it is you would have me do, Father God. I'm coming to you in prayer and asking, what would you have me do? So that whatever I do, I can do in obedience to what the Lord has spoken to me in prayer. And I can have faith for that and know that God's grace and peace will rest on me as his word accomplishes what he set it forth to do. Can you do that, people of God? I encourage you in that. As Romans 12, 2 says, I encourage you to not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's not be conformed to the way of this world. Let's not be thinking like those who don't know the Lord, like those who don't have Christ Let's not be freaking out and worried. But let's instead let our reasonable, reasonable, reasonableness, easy for me to say, reasonableness be made known to all. Which is a, which is a fantastic testimony of God. Right? That this God that we serve, he's real. You know, we really believe this. We know that this is really real. This is true. And because we have relationship with him and we know him to love us and to be for us and, 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 and we know him as our provider and as our strength and as our defender and the one who fights our battles for us. We, we, we know him in such a way. We have relationship with him that enables us to have peace. Even in the midst of storms like the current one that we're in. Now, the devil doesn't want us wearing our gospel of peace shoes. Now, he... he he doesn't want that. He doesn't want us to maintain firm footing in the gospel of peace. He wants to make us slip up. The devil schemes 
the devil's scheme would be to use a situation like this coronavirus situation to his advantage by tempting us to be critical of one another and tempting us to point fingers of judgment at each other and 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 obviously and tempting us to cower in fear and 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 uh doubt like the uh children of Israel did in the face of Goliath. As he mocked the armies of God, defied the God of Israel, and believed so much in his own strength and his own might that he was invincible, that he just flaunted it and kept on flaunting and kept on flaunting and kept on mocking trying to incite them into a battle that he was sure they would lose. And you know what? The children of Israel thought that they would surely lose it as well, which is why no one stepped up to the plate in the name of the Lord because they didn't see themselves in the strength of God. They saw their strength, their perceived strength, compared to the perceived strength of the opponent. And I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of the stuff we face in life, we don't have the strength in and of ourselves to defeat or overcome. But I will also speak this truth. That there is nothing that we don't have the strength to overcome. That there's nothing that we can't overcome in the strength of the Lord. Are you hearing me? So I am, I still am hopeful. I'm full of faith. Full of belief. fully convinced of the truth that the strength of my God is made perfect in my weakness. And because of that, I can keep my gospel shoes on. There is good news. Peace with God. That's what really matters. Who has peace with God and who does not? And what are we proclaiming? People don't need our opinions. They need the truth. People don't need our feelings. No matter how strong our opinions, no matter how strong our feelings are, people don't need that. They need to know that peace with God is attainable to them. And that is our great commission. Matthew 28, 19, God tells us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark 16, 15 says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. You know, this is the gospel. We should be posturing ourselves. We should be positioning ourselves to be presenters of the gospel. The gospel message should be forefront and foremost to us. That, that's the, that is the firm foundation 
for our shoes. That, that, that's the, the good rubber sole, the good spikes and cleats on the bottom that enables us to have good traction even when the ground that we're standing on is soft, even when it's a little muddy, even when it's a little rocky and uneven and so forth. We have the kind of uh, footing, the kind of soles on the bottom of our shoes that enable us to maintain good traction and stand firm. And we can always stand firm on the truth of the gospel. Amen. That gospel message has traction. That gospel message resonates. That gospel message, the truth of that message penetrates and gives life. Amen. We can argue about issues, but, but what really matters, what's going to make eternal significance is the gospel of peace. That's why God sent Jesus to bring peace between God and man. Are you hearing that, church? And I will conclude Acts 1.8 says but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Children of God, when we gave our hearts to Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit has come upon us. We've been imbued with power from on high to be his witnesses. <laughs> to present the gospel message, the gospel of peace. And we have to always be ready and prepared with our gospel shoes on to present the gospel truth to those who need it. So the circumstances are not what we would want them to be. Our normal routines have been disrupted. The things that we have taken for granted our normal way of life, being able to go to Starbucks and being able to go to the store and being able to congregate at, at church on Sundays and and, and, and and other venues and events and so forth, that's been disrupted. And I wish that that was not the case. But the truth of the matter is that it is. The fact of the matter is that it is. Now, the question we must ask ourselves is, what do we do now in the face of this? The first thing we need to do is go before God. Go before God in our prayer rooms, our prayer closets, wherever it is that you pray, out on the patio, whatever it is, go into your war room and, and, and get in prayer with the Lord. Lift up our leaders, lift up our community, lift up our fellow church family members and everything. Lift, lift everyone up, but then ask God to reveal his heart to you. Ask God to, to, to speak to you concerning what his assignment may be for you and how you might be able to, to, to present the gospel message through word and deed in a way that will make a difference in people's lives, whether they be fellow believers or non-believers. There are non-believers that are depending on us not to wallow, not to complain, not to whine, not to be weighed down with doubt, fear, and unbelief. They're, they are depending on us, whether they know it or not. At least God is depending on us to, to, 
to, to walk in the midst of the darkness and let our light so shine among men that they can see our good works and glorify our God in heaven. And what would, how, how would they glorify him in heaven by coming to him, by receiving the one who he sent on our behalf to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. They will glorify him by entering into relationship with him. So I would encourage us all to embrace that. Get in our prayer room. Seek the Lord for what would be pleasing to his heart. Let's get out of opinion and let's seek the heart and will of our Heavenly Father with the humble intent to act on what he speaks to us. I pray that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to you today. And I want you to know that I love you tremendously. I love you in the Lord. And I want to encourage you that we'll be just fine. We'll be all right because God's got our back. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to fall for the enemy schemes. Put our attention where it doesn't belong and where it's at the very least inefficient and ineffective. But even with all the mess that's going on around us, if we would focus on what the Lord is saying to us, and we would walk in that, I believe that what the enemy has meant for evil, God will turn it to good and, and revival will come out of this. Who knows? What we're going through today may be a precursor of things to come. And if it is, then we're going to have to be ready and able to stand firm. We're going to have to know how to. And there's going to have to be some things that are going to need to be resolved in our hearts. Concerning what is truth. God's word is truth. Our relationship with God, our righteousness in Christ Jesus. And that we must always have our feet laced up and booted up with the gospel of peace. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to share your, your word. I thank you for speaking to our hearts in these troubling times, for ministering the word of truth in a powerful way. Father God, I, I pray that hearts even now are strengthened and encouraged and emboldened and awakened and, have embra and are embracing the truth of your word that has been shared today. And I pray your grace and peace be upon us all as we approach you and, and we go about the process of hearing you and, and figuring out how to navigate through the minefield of, of all the issues that we are confronted with today. 
We can navigate them as long as we're armored up with the whole armor of God. So encourage your people that way, Father. I thank you, Father God, that that you are faithful, that we can trust you, we can depend on you. And I thank you for the peace of God. I thank you that we have peace with you through Christ Jesus. I thank you for the peace of God that we have that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I thank you for the message of the gospel of peace that we have to proclaim to those who don't know peace because they don't know Christ. They don't know our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And in some ways, that is to our shame, Lord. But not, I thank you that you don't condemn us, but you are spurring us. You are provoking us. You are admonishing us. to be your ambassadors, to present the gospel message, to think outside of ourselves and to be more concerned with the needs that are all around us. Give us wisdom. Give us guidance and direction, Father. And I pray we have humble hearts to obey. And to do those things that would bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.